If you enjoy Champions for Children, be sure to check out the new podcast from Nemours Children's Health, Well Beyond Medicine. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or at NemoursWellBeyond.org to continue hearing the stories of anything and everything related to the 80% of child health impacts that occur outside the doctor's office. And now, the episode of Champions for Children you requested. Enjoy! Welcome to the Nemours Champions for Children podcast. I'm Carol Vassar. This week, we continue to examine Nemours' efforts toward health equity, inclusion, diversity, and anti-racism. It's a conversation that has taken on renewed energy and urgency in the U.S. following the emergence of the novel coronavirus and the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis. The conversation around health equity, inclusion, diversity, and anti-racism is one that has been happening in healthcare and public health for decades. Alarming data indicates that compared with the general population, racial and ethnic minority populations have poorer health outcomes from preventable and treatable diseases like cardiovascular disease, cancer, asthma, and HIV. Of late, there has even been increasing evidence that some racial and ethnic minority groups are being disproportionately affected by COVID-19. Within the Delaware Valley region of Nemours Children's Health, efforts to combat health disparities became the mission and purpose of the Office of Health Equity and Inclusion in 2012. It's an office led by pediatric orthopedic surgeon Dr. Kirk Dabney, who approaches the issue from a place of lived experience. One of his first encounters with racism came as the result of a shocking incident that occurred when he was just a child. I'm not your typical chief diversity officer. When I was six and a half years old, I looked out the back of my window. We we lived in a, a small, I would say a, a small African-American neighborhood in, uh, in Delaware County. Uh, there were about two blocks uh, of us who were African-American families. And I looked out the back window, it was maybe an hour after dinner time, and uh, I looked out and I literally started screaming. I'm like, Mom, Dad, the Taylor's house is on fire behind us. Get up, get up, get up. You know, and I was, I was terrified. So in any case, the police were called basically the Ku Klux Klux Klan, which, you know, we, we didn't live in the South or anything, but had actually lit up across in our neighbor's backyard. And so that was sort of the first civil rights, you know, education, uh, anti-racial education that my parents had to give me. Uh, I'm sure several years younger than they wanted to give me at that time, but that really had a huge impact on me as a as a child. An early first experience with racism? Yes but certainly not his last. Fast forward to Dr. Dabney's first day of medical school. There were only four of us who were African-Americans. And that evening, uh, we, you know, had sort of a a bit of reception. And as soon as we walked in the door, there were upperclassmen sort of whispering that, you know, the only reason why the 
the black kids are here because they have to satisfy a quota. So that that's that was a initiation my first day of medical school that was very very difficult uh, for me. Uh, you know, I certainly thank goodness was resilient enough to to get over those hurdles. But after just really two of many experiences, that is what gave me the passion to really want to take this on at this point in my career. And there is so much more to do on this front, and not just in Delaware. Dr. Dabney will be working closely with a cross-departmental team led by Cindy Bowe, Operational Vice President and Chief Strategy and Business Development Officer for Nemours Children's Health. Cindy was recently tapped by CEO Dr. Larry Moss to create a plan to strengthen and build even higher the pillars of health equity, inclusion, diversity, and anti-racism throughout the Nemours enterprise, a plan that is not simply reactive or pro forma, but instead an active roadmap to help guide and empower Nemours associates at all levels to remove the myriad roadblocks that prevent achieving equity, inclusion, diversity, and anti-racism. This would be inclusive of everything from education to training to recruitment retention, right? How do our hiring practices and policies change to things like pay equity amongst people of color, in particular here, to things like, are we closing the gaps on flu, flu immunizations or vaccinations to things like, how are we thinking about pipeline development? Are we going into the high schools and are we thinking about in the future, right, really building a a workforce of diverse individuals? And it's not just about people of color, but it's about cognitive diversity as well. I'm Chinese American, just so you know. And I, I was born in New York City. So I grew up in a very diverse neighborhood. My parents were immigrants. And so I bring to the table one aspect, right, one individual lens. But what I what I take pride in is to be able to build a team of various backgrounds and, 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 and of cognitive diversity so that we can really think about this holistically across those dimensions, those cornerstones, and those dimensions like education, recruitment, equity, uh, pay equity, disparities, you know, uh, et cetera. You have a huge task in front of you. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> when this went out, it was funny because I I got some feedback back. Like, you know, people were like, oh, my God, this is really exciting. I'm so glad the organization is, you know, going in this direction. And um, somebody said to me, they were like, yeah, this is probably a lot on your plate. And I, and I responded, I said, it is, but it's never an I, right? Um, because it would be inclusive of people who are experts across different divisions and, and departments. So we can look at, you know, including people who are in primary care, in specialty care, in environmental services, um, to administrators like myself. So it's going to be inclusive. So when I have a great team, it will, it will be an effort that's led Yes, by myself, but it is truly led by a, a very diverse and, and skilled team. So let's examine these four cornerstones, these pillars on which this plan is to be based. What exactly is meant by health equity? Well, according to the CDC, health equity is achieved when every person has the opportunity to attain his or her full health potential. And no one is disadvantaged from achieving this potential because of social position or other socially determined circumstances. 
Health inequities are reflected in differences in length of life, quality of life, rates of disease, disability, and death, severity of disease, and even access to treatment. These health inequities are influenced, for better or worse, by a variety of social determinants of health, many of which are outside the healthcare realm, the conditions and environments in which people are born, live, learn, work, play, worship, and age that affect a wide range of health, functioning, and quality of life outcomes and risks, according to HHS. Examples include access to nutritious food, affordable transportation, quality education and job training, employment, and yes, access to health care. Cindy Bowe. So social determinants of health are what we would equate to not just the physical health, right, but also the mental health outcomes that come about due to environmental factors. They can include things like toxic stress, right, from the community, um, violence, or not having access to food or transportation. So anything that would impact the physical and mental health outcomes as a result of environmental factors that are either controlled by the individual or systemic around them. So one aspect of that could be, like I said, toxic stress, which can be um, related to racial injustice. If people are not being able to be treated fairly or have the same equal access, that can lead to stress and that could be an environmental barrier that would then prevent effective and better health outcomes. Inclusion also plays a huge role in helping break down health inequities, according to Nemours Delaware Valley Region CEO, Dr. Jay Greenspan. If you don't feel welcome in the environment for whatever reason you're being, you know, either the, the, what we call now microaggressions. I never, I love that term. I never used to use it, but you know, just like not feeling comfortable for whatever reason, we should fix that. And we're really trying to work on that. Microaggressions are, are little slights that often people are not even aware of. A person who commits a microaggression, for example, may go up without permission and be awed and want to put their fingers in an African-American woman's hair, for example. You know, someone may say to uh, someone like myself, who's African-American, and they may say, oh, you know, you really speak well, uh, with the assumption and the bias, right, that African-Americans, you know, can't speak English very well. Other... um, Types of microaggressions, uh, you know, there can be uh, both racial and gender microaggressions. Uh, you know, so as as the male in the conference room, I might, uh, you know, ask you know another female executive at my level and, and tell us, you know, something like, "Well, honey, can you get me a cup of coffee over there?" That would be a, a microaggression. They're very, very commonly uh, occur in um, people of color. And over time, uh, it really affects our uh, fight and flight mechanism. Uh, It uh, affects our immune system and over a lifetime can actually cause poor health. Uh, So many of those things uh, from covering to microaggressions, et cetera, and outright racism are really thought to be causes of why uh, there is increased maternal mortality, for example. Uh, and you, as a black woman, actually, 
you have a, a much higher rate of dying during delivery. And that I'm talking about an educated black woman has a higher rate of dying during delivery and a uh, a white woman who has just graduated high school. Now, as a CEO, you know, you, you, you have every opportunity to change this. And so one of the things I think we needed to change is just sort of the feel of the place, the, the culture of, you know, caring, of caring about, you know, we care about you, we care about each other, we care about the patients. And I think you can do that at a leadership level. Diversity of the healthcare workforce is another factor important to the overall healthcare setting. Why, you may ask? Studies have shown that greater diversity among health professionals is associated with improved access to care, greater patient satisfaction, and better patient-provider communication. Dr. Kirk Dabney. Like all healthcare organizations, it's very, very critical for us to hire providers and uh, other associates uh, who look like the population that we serve. And there are a few reasons for that. Number one, it's important for as an organization for us to have that lens of uh, our patients who uh, you know are subject to those disparities. And uh, the second thing, actually, that we're doing now is really to create an inclusive environment. Uh, that's so, so important. Uh, you know, uh, differences are only good if there is a level of respect uh, around the organization uh, that we have for one another. And uh, there have been lots of studies that shows that when you have a diverse and inclusive environment, it improves innovation, it improves the bottom line for different companies and organizations, etc. The final pillar, anti-racism, is best addressed in the anti-racism statement released to all associates last month by Nemours CEO Dr. Larry Moss. It reads in part, quote, Nemours is an anti-racism organization. We define being an anti-racism organization as creating an environment where all associates, regardless of race or the color of their skin, know they are valued. The statement concludes, quote, Being an anti-racism organization is a journey, and it is the learning along the way that makes this work worth all of our efforts. And it's a journey no one person or healthcare enterprise takes alone. Cindy Bow. Racism is such a complicated topic at this point, right, that it has many facets to it. And the hardest thing about this is to be able to um, know how to break that down, right? So, um, again, awareness and education is the first step. Um, but then to find ways to slowly break that down, because it's not an overnight on-off switch, Right. A system when, um, in which like public policies or institutional practices or cultural representations and other norms have been permeated or for so long, I mean, it perpetuates the racial group inequity or disparities, however way you want to look at it. And so when we start to identify the different dimensions by looking into our history, our data, our culture, we start to identify the advantages and disadvantages, in this case, associated with people of color, and we have to be able to change that. But by changing it, it has to be intentional. It has to be tactical sometimes, right? And it may require some, some overhauls in policy and institutional practices. I think as a society where we are right now, it's interesting because it's not one single institution or one single entity that can do that to really dismantle structural and, and systemic racism. 
but it is a combination of efforts. So like if Nemours wanted to do it, but let's say the state of Delaware didn't have such support, we wouldn't be able to do that. You know, we have to work together because these complicated social, economic and political systems work in conjunction with one another. Yet we have to, you know, rely on others, but but we are one that have signed up. We raised our hand. We are committed. We are now in it. We are now in it as one enterprise. The journey toward health equity, diversity, inclusion, and anti-racism. It's complicated stuff and can be overwhelming. It's a journey we are taking together as one Nemours. So what's the first step for individual associates? Education, says Dr. Kirk Dabney. There are many great books to educate yourself. You know, one of the best books that our office recommends people is a book called White Fragility uh, that really speaks to the type of racism that that happens today. So the type of racism that is most common today is not the person, what we call personally mediated uh, racism, which, you know, is a person saying the N word or a person who is committing the violence uh, on people of color. It's, it's what people would almost term a, a colorblind racism. It's a subtle racism. It's the many biases are created. Uh, you know, when I was little, I finally uh, approached my mother one evening and I said, Mom, how come every time on the news when there's a robbery or someone killed, they identify the person as a black male when they're black and just as a male when they're white? It's a system that creates the bias because we're being bombarded with these images that we see you know, um, on the news, et cetera, every day. Other things you can do uh, also, and this is very, very powerful because most of us are all in either uh, a combination of what we call non-dominant and dominant groups. So as a woman, you would be in a non-dominant group. As a male, I have that for a dominant group. As an African-American, I'm in in a non-dominant group. So the the best thing you can really do after educating yourself is, is to speak up. It's very, very powerful when someone from the dominant group, uh, uh, so yourself being being white or Caucasian, uh, speaks up. Don't just observe and not say anything. Educate yourself. Speak up and listen. Details are coming soon on how you can participate and contribute as we at Nemours work together to move forward the crucial work of health equity, inclusion, diversity, and anti-racism across the entire Nemours enterprise. Thanks to Cindy Bow, Operational Vice President and Chief Strategy and Business Development Officer for Nemours Children's Health, as well as pediatric orthopedist Dr. Kirk Dabney, who also serves as the Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer for Nemours in the Delaware Valley, and Dr. Jay Greenspan, CEO of the Delaware Valley, for being part of this important two-part podcast. Get more information on health equity and inclusion by emailing the Nemours Office of Health Equity and Inclusion at ohei at nemours.org. That's ohei at nemours.org. That's it for this week's podcast. We welcome your feedback and your ideas 
as always, at podcast at Nemours.org. That's podcast at Nemours.org. Deborah Griffin and Peter Adebi, thanks as always for your production assistance. Don't forget to subscribe to the Champions for Children podcast on your favorite podcast app and listen each and every week. Our music is courtesy of Blue Dot Sessions in Fall River, Massachusetts. I'm Carol Vassar. Thanks for joining us on this edition of the Nemours Champions for Children podcast. Till next time, stay safe, stay well, and thank you for all you do for the children and families we serve.